Welcome to Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicMPR.com. This is Elena DelVal, and my guest is Kristen Shealy, Ph.D., who is Assistant Marketing Professor at Woodbury University. Today we will discuss how companies can utilize online reviews. Kristen's research focuses on marketing technology such as online review analysis and big data analytics, the experience and behaviors of digital consumers, and consumer culture. Prior to becoming an assistant professor at Woodbury University, she was an adjunct professor at California State University Fullerton, California Polytechnic University of Pomona, and Vanguard University. She has over nine years of prior industry experience at the Irving Company, Susan's Healthy Gourmet, and as an independent marketing consultant. She's the former chief marketing officer of Fit for Green. Kristen, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is a topic I think that these days must be, if not 100% of interest to marketers certainly for the vast majority of marketers of great relevance. Can we start with something really basic? When we say online reviews, what are we talking about? Sure. So with online reviews, these are different um, crowdsourcing platforms where consumers can share their experiences about different companies, um, products, and stores, and services. So great examples of this would be Yelp, um, where people can post about their experiences at different restaurants or stores. Um, TripAdvisor, where consumers can talk about their experience um, with hotel stays or um, things regarding travel. Um, other sites such as Angie's List, um, there's quite a few sites out there that people utilize, but I think the big two most used are Yelp and TripAdvisor. Is there a definition that helps us understand where the borders are? For example, you mentioned Angie's List, but if I understand correctly, in order to share feedback on Angie's List, you have to be a user. You have to be a registered user of the Angie's List website. Is that right? That's correct. And so, um, and actually a lot of these websites um, to actually post information, so even on Yelp, if I wanted to post information about my experiences, I have to you know, register as a member or a user. But for the most part, um, if I just, as a consumer, wanted to take a look at reviews, I don't have to register. I can just go and, and view what other people are saying before I decide if I want to go to a restaurant. Um, some other sites, if you go on Amazon and you're going to purchase a product, um, you don't need to be a, be a member to, to read those reviews on an Amazon product or um, to even post. But usually the people that post, it links to, um, that it shows that you actually had purchased that product from them before. Um, but some of the sites, you, you have to be a user and others you don't. How many types of online reviews are there or do we even know? You know what, there are so many and I think it there's um, the large ones such as Yelp, um, you know that's it's inter, it's international, but there's also a lot of small local sites as well. So there's you know more than we can probably even count right now, just because there's so many different versions. But I think um, because taking into account the local versions, but um, I think where companies can really put a lot of their focus though is on. Um, the Yelp reviews and um, the Google has Google has reviews as well. So those are the ones that we've noticed that when we were talking to different companies that they focus on those, particularly when they're doing their research. And there's a distinction between, say, a review that a traditional media outlet or its online version might do, say, of a movie review or a restaurant review, a book review, any kind of article or feature that a media outlet might do versus these online reviews that we're talking about that are consumer-driven. Is that right? Yes, and that's the interesting part that we've come across is that, so there is that difference. We have, like, an expert review, so something, um, 
you know, an, an expert who analyzes products or reviews. We see, see things in, um, in different, you know, reports like that. But I think what we've really found here is that consumers really trust reviews from other consumers. And that's really important here. So with some of these, you know, quote unquote expert reviews, we read those and we, you know, try to understand the product features and different things that they're talking about in the expert reviews. But when it comes down to it, what's actually going to drive our purchase decision is when we hear from other consumers just like us that they liked this product or they didn't like this product. Um, because we feel that, you know, these consumers, they don't have anything to gain from giving a positive or negative review. Whereas a lot of times consumers, they think that these experts maybe have um, connections with the company, so they're a little bit less likely to trust them. Is there a way to quantify that level of trust? So you were saying that, if I understood correctly, mm-hmm. consumers are more likely to make a purchase based on the reviews from fellow consumers than they are from the media reviews. Is there a percentage or some sort of way to quantify if it's a consumer review, another consumer is, I don't know, 50% likely to purchase or, or something like that? Sure. So what um, there's actually been um, a lot of recent studies on this, but the two recent studies that I wanted to talk about, um, the first is a Nielsen study that came out in 2012. And this study um, talked to 28,000 people in 56 countries. And so they collected a lot of data and, um, you know, for a lot of different areas. And so this study was really well done. And they found that looking at, you know, to what extent do consumers trust, you know, the following different, um, you know, information sources. The number one, obviously, trusted source was recommendations from people I know. That was 92%. But the second top trustworthy place where people got information was consumer opinions posted online. 70% of the people trusted that. And I think that's really powerful to show that, you know, the only thing that people trust more than the reviews was, you know, actually talking to a friend or family member about their, about their experience. Um, also on this study, they looked at web, um, branded websites, which was 58%. Um, Content in newspapers was 58. Um, other ads in magazines and ads on TV were only 47%. So it's just really interesting to see how, um, you know, how much consumers actually trust these opinions of people, people that they don't even know, but they just know that they're consumer, other consumers just like them. Why do you think that is? Did the study or your own research give indication as to other than that there's no bias built into the review, is there any other reason why people are so inclined to trust the opinions of strangers? Um, I think part of it is, I mean, obviously the, the not having the bias. And then it's not just that people give a positive or a negative, like, you know, with Yelp, it's you give so many stars. And so if you have, you know, five stars, it's, it's a great company. If it has one star, it's, it's a really bad company. So it's not just those, those positive or negative, but actually consumers really like going through and reading the stories that people post. And so if I had a really, you know, bad experience with a product or I, I, if I had a really bad experience, I would write something in a negative story about how, um, you know, the customer service was bad and this is why the customer service was bad and they would tell a story. And I think consumers really connect with the stories of others. They read these stories of, of positive and negative experiences and they begin to connect with those other consumers and they feel almost like family in a way or feels almost like someone they know because they hear their stories and understand where they're coming from. So I think there's, there's that storytelling aspect as well that, um, that they start to trust. Another recent study, um, 
It was actually done by um, our partner, Review Inc. For our study, it's um, it was my team at Woodbury University and the company Review Inc. And they actually had done another study last year in July, uh, July 2013. And this study looked at um, 1,500 U.S. consumers. And what you know, one of the questions that they were looking at was, you know, if you were to select a company to remodel or furnish your home, what would you base your selection on? And they were only allowed to choose um, one, you know, one possible thing from this list that they would um, use to base their decision. And of those, 35% they would use online reviews where only 8% were recommendations from people they know. So in this study, they were even showing that the online reviews were even more powerful than, you know, recommendations from people I know. So that was a kind of an interesting finding as well. And I think part of the reason with that is, you know, if you're, um, you know, remodeling your house or doing something like that, it's a very, very expensive, time-consuming um, venture. And so... Um, people, they want to hear those stories of, of how they worked with different contractors or designers and, and what happened. And, um, but I found it really fascinating that they were trusting, you know, these online reviews even more than from people they know. Now, the other side of that coin, of course, is that, that there are companies who are adverse to the reviews and some of which have taken legal action to try to stop or get the reviews not to be displayed. Did the studies look at that? Um, not these particular studies, but in my own research, I've, I've looked at that a bit. Um, because, you know, a lot of companies, they say, you know what, it's not fair that like people have posted these negative reviews and um, either that the reviews were biased, the reviews were fake, and that's something that we're seeing as is was a, a bit of a problem. Um, so, for example, some companies said, "You know what? I some there's some negative reviews on my site, and I believe that that negative review is from my competitor down the street, or uh, I you know there's a couple of these negative reviews, and I believe it's from a employee that we just." let go. So uh, an upset ex-employee, we believe, posted these things. And so um, to, to overcome that, you know, companies, they can um, contact the company. So if it's on Yelp or TripAdvisor or one of those, and they can post a formal argument of why they believe this and have and if they have proof. And also Yelp and other sites, they've realized that this could be, um, you know, a there's a chance for this bias. And so they started to develop different algorithms and measures to keep this from happening. And I mean, Yelp, they can go on and see, you know, where is the IP address from where this, this was posted and they can confirm if, you know, this is something, if it's true, what this company is saying. Um, the opposite of that coin is that, you know, there's also been some, problems with companies faking their own online reviews. And so this, you know, Yelp and other online review platforms have realized that, you know, we don't want this to happen either. And so they've started to develop, you know, other algorithms and measures to keep this from happening. And um, a lot of times, though, I mean, consumers can tell if a review is fake in a positive way. A lot of times consumers can tell if a review is something that the company posted. I mean, there's certain lingo that a company would use that a consumer wouldn't use. Um, there's also just the way that they talk about things. I think probably the, the biggest red flag for consumers when it comes to if these reviews are, you know, if, if you look at a company and they have all five star reviews and all these and every comment is, you know, something wonderful and happy. I think that's a red flag to consumers that, you know, these may not all be real. This might be the company, you know, faking their reviews. And even the reason why we think that and the reason why I bring this up is no matter how perfect and wonderful a company is, um, you're not going to please a hundred percent of the people, a hundred percent of the time, there's always going to be someone that didn't like something or, um, had some sort of negative experience happen. Um, 
so if a, at least for me as a consumer, when I go and look at webs, go on Yelp or these sites and I see a company that has all five star reviews and it makes me think, you know what, there's something fishy here. There's always going to be someone that's going to have something negative to say. And I think as a company, it's not to strive to have five stars. It's to, stri- it's to strive to have a lot of really good reviews. Are there commonly accepted guidelines for these online reviews? By that I mean, for example, for a while, I don't know if it's still going on, some of the companies were going out and looking at their records to try to identify the name of the person who had bought their product or stayed at their hotel and attempting to contact them directly outside the system or even to out them on the system itself with their own comments. And, of course, there was there were accusations of faked reviews, people buying reviews. Are there guidelines that are commonly accepted that say, you know, this is how you're supposed to behave when you're doing online reviews? So from a company standpoint, um, there's no set hard reviews, but I will say that um, – I thought it was interesting when you mentioned that you know, some companies will spend a lot of time trying to figure out who it was that wrote this review. And that's interesting as compared to some, like in my research, when we were interviewing these different business owners, they barely had enough time to look on Yelp to see what their reviews even were. And so it's interesting to hear about some companies spending that much time trying to investigate. Um, but what I believe and you know, a lot of other experts believe is the best way to handle this is two part. The first is to actually address on the platform, you know, um, some sort of apology and, um, you know, how you could fix the situations and then sending them a private message through that site. So example of this would be if, um, a consumer had written on, you know, on Yelp that, you know, I stayed at this hotel and they, it was so loud. There was you know construction going and it was, you know, I had such an awful experience because of this construction. Our power went out one, one night. They wrote this on, you know, say Yelp or TripAdvisor. So the best strategy for a company then would be to, you can reply on, on the, on the actual platform itself underneath that message and first apologize, say, you know what, I'm very, very sorry that you had this experience. The second is talk about, you know, how this situation has changed, how you've already fixed the problem. And so, you know, with this example would be, you know, I'm very sorry that you stayed here while we were undergoing construction. Um, just to let you know, we have now finished construction and we now, you know, have, you know, these certain new services based on the new construction. We now have a updated lobby or a pool, those sorts of things. And then um, thirdly, to say that you appreciate their business and would like to offer them, you know, either some sort of discount or something for the next time that they return and then make a note that you will contact them um, privately as well to discuss the details. And so this way you're able to, you know, apologize, which people, they want to know that their complaints are validated, that they, you know, that simple apology means so much to them. The second would be to, um, the second piece was, you know, explaining how this problem has been fixed. And so that way they understand what, how it's been fixed. And then the other consumers who are reading, they know, okay, these people had a, they gave it one star because of construction, but now the construction's over. That problem is overcome. So if I stay there, I don't have to worry about that. And then also the third part, you know, saying that you want to give them something in return, um, and then contacting them privately to discuss, you know, more of the details. It shows that, you know, they care about your business. And by contacting them in private, it shows that, you know, I really want to connect with you, you know, to resolve this issue. And so I think by doing these steps, you're able to, um, you know, really regain trust and show that you've, um, you care about the consumer and you, you understand there, there was a problem and you want to make things right, that that meet, that's meaningful to you. And I think at the end of the day, just really showing the customers that you care about them 
is really important and a great way to utilize these online reviews. You mentioned earlier that many of the companies that you spoke with oftentimes didn't even find the time to look at what was going on in the forums and to be aware, if I understood what you were saying, of this feedback. Should they be? Should they be monitoring reviews? Exactly. Oh, yes. Yes, they should. So a few reasons for this. I mean, uh, I talked briefly earlier about how consumers actually trust reviews. And so, you know, they trust reviews. They go there to look at the reviews. We've also found a lot of research that reviews affect sales. Um, there's been a lot of research done um, before on how box office reviews affect sales, online book reviews affect sales, video games. Um, there's a few recent pieces of work that have come out about restaurants and how, um, you know, one um, article by um, Luca that from Harvard, he analyzed restaurants and if they increased their their stars on, on Yelp from, you know, three star to a four star, that increased their, their revenue by five to nine percent immediately. And uh, some others were showing um, with restaurant reviews, a five star rating makes um, business increase by 30 to 49 percent. Like we have all these numbers that really show how even a half star rating can impact sales. So consumers trust review sites. Review sites affect sales. And so it was really interesting in our study when we found that, you know, here we found in our, in our first in our um, survey, we found that 51% of the managers and business owners that we surveyed weren't even looking at reviews, had no idea, you know, what people were seeing on their sites, had never even looked at them. And um, we were, this was really fascinating to us. Why, you know, if consumers trust them and they affect sales, where was this huge disconnect happening where companies weren't even looking at them? And so to find out why this was happening, we, conduct, we conducted um, approximately 40 interviews. And in these interviews, we found that the top reasons why company companies weren't, u- weren't using the reviews, not checking the reviews, the first was, Companies had never thought of even checking the reviews. They hadn't even thought about it. And, um, I mean, part of this is, you know, business owners, they are so busy with, you know, the day-to-day parts of their business and that, you know, sometimes this is something that, that they hadn't even thought of, of utilizing. Um, and it was interesting in our interviews when we talked to, when we talked to them and we say, you know, when you, when you personally, you want to try out a new restaurant or when you personally want to, um, you know, redo something in your home, where do you go for information? And, and they're like, oh, well, I always check out Yelp before I go try out a new restaurant. And so here they thought it was, you know, they really understood that, oh, if, if I'm going to look at for a new company, I'm going to check the reviews. But they weren't really thinking about that other people were checking their reviews on their company. So it's just something that wasn't really top of mind um, for a business owner. But from a consumer perspective, they realized the importance of the reviews. Um, Second reason we found was that reviews don't matter to their business. A lot of companies, they felt that, you know what, reviews don't really matter to my business. um, And we find this to be a huge misconception. Consumers trust reviews, and in the prior studies, it wasn't just consumers in this one industry trust them. It's across the board, all industries. Consumers go to reviews for their for their information. Um, obviously, there are some industries that reviews have a bigger impact. We see this definitely with restaurants, and actually, um, where we're seeing the biggest um, the biggest effect from these online reviews is in the medical and health fields. So there's websites like um, vitals.com where if you go on vitals.com, you can look at, find out you know, more information about, um, you know, patients experiences with different doctors and dentists. And um, it's something that, you know, a lot of consumers are, are looking at. And so um, those reviews seem to be for those industries, restaurants and health and medical seem to be, um, 
you know, have a, a larger impact, but across the board, all industries are impacted by reviews. So it's saying that reviews don't matter to your business is, is, is just such a huge misconception. Um, the third I thought was interesting and it makes sense is, uh, a lot of managers and owners that we spoke with were really scared to look. There was this fear of reading something negative and they're like, you know, I don't even want to look at the sites. If there's something negative written, it's really going to, you know, I'm going to be devastated. I, I think, um, business owners, we, we put so much, um, of ourselves in our company that to hear someone say something negative about all of your, you know, blood, sweat and tears. I mean, that's, that's devastating. And so a lot of them were avoiding the review sites just because they didn't want to read those, those negative things. And, um, you know, I completely understand that as, as an academic, I know that there's websites that, um, like ratemyprofessor.com and those certain things where, um, I get nervous to go to those because, oh, I put so much into my, into my classes that if a student wrote something negative, I would be really heartbroken. And so I definitely understand where these owners are coming from, but reviews do provide a lot of, you know, valuable feedback, positive and negative. And, you know, that negative feedback is, can be really used as a tool to, you know, improve your business and find out, you know, if, if we're having some problems with our, you know, low sales or low retention and I go on those websites or if I go on Yelp as an owner and I see, oh, people don't like, you know, our return policy or people don't like, um, the layout of our store. Those are things that I can fix. I can use that information that people have given me and I can improve my business and, um, improve my sales. And so even though it's really, really difficult to read something negative, it's really important to, to read those negative things and, and use them as a tool to improve your business. Um, especially with small businesses, um, small businesses, they, they don't have the resources to do a lot of marketing research. And so you may not have the money to go out and do a lot of surveys and focus groups and find out what, you know, the customer wants, but it's free for you to take a look at Yelp and see what people are saying. And you can use that as, you know, free, free marketing research. I mean, that's, that's an amazing tool. Um, another thing that we found was that a lot of, um, a lot of, Business owners, they mentioned that, you know what, we're not even sure if we should look on Yelp or look on these online review sites because we feel that a lot of these reviews are biased or fake. And this is something that you and I, you know, talked about a little bit earlier is that, you know, we feel that we are worried about this bias or fakeness. Um, but, you know, the, the Yelp and other sites, they are starting to um, develop different mechanisms for patrolling the sites and, and taking off the fake reviews. Um, one thing that they start to um, looking at more too is if someone signs up, because for Yelp you have to sign up to, um, or you have to register to be able to post something. You could anyone can go and read the reviews, but to actually post a review, you have to sign up. And what they're finding is if they can see if um, someone signs up and just posts one negative review for a company. They, they, that could, they kind of red flag that as a company that, okay, here they are just setting up this, their accounts just to write one negative review. And then if the company, you know, says to Yelp, you know, I believe this is a unhappy employee, ex employee, then they can investigate that more. So there are a lot of different things that they can do to make sure that that, um, that these are not biased or fake. But I think when it comes down to, even if there are a few biased or fake reviews out there, at the end of the day, there are so many legitimate reviews that they outnumber the false reviews. And so it's important for a company to try to get as many reviews as possible and get as many positive reviews as possible to overcome those negative reviews. Um, Speaking of the, the negative reviews, a lot of the managers and owners that we spoke with in our interviews, they believed that they didn't think that the these online review sites were fair. They said, you know what, I believe that only dissatisfied consumers write reviews. And so the majority of reviews out there are negative. So they don't believe that happy consumers write reviews, um, which 
you know, I was, when they said that, I thought, you know what, that makes sense. If, if I was happy with the product, a lot of times maybe I, I wouldn't spend the time to go, but maybe if I was really upset, I would spend more time and go to talk about it. What's interesting is that, um, there was a research, recent study done at the end of 2013, um, that was looking at the distribution of review sites on Yelp. And what they found was that 41% of all the reviews posted on Yelp were five-star reviews, and 26% were four-star reviews. So here we're seeing these numbers that, you know, 67% of the people were doing four or five-star reviews. That's a, you know, so the majority of the people actually are happy customers writing reviews. And so I thought that was really interesting. So here, you know, we see this, this idea of only to satisfy consumers writing reviews. And we're realizing that this is a huge misconception again, that, you know, happy people, customers do write reviews. And, um, so I thought that was an interesting, um, point. And then the last big problem that we found that why business owners weren't managing the reviews or, or looking at the reviews is because they really just don't have the time to go and, and look at all these sites themselves. I mean, there's a lot, like we mentioned earlier, there's so many online review platforms. There's so many of them. And so for a business owner to every day go and try to sort through all these, it's, it's, it can be, you know, a huge task. So not having the time to actually go through them or, um, the, um, Looking at that, though, if that's a problem, there are a lot of um, companies that review that may help companies um, manage their reviews. And so, one example is um, our partner in this study, Review Inc. Um, this is what their company does: is they um, help create these systems for companies that pull all the information for from anywhere that you're. Companies mentioned, whether it be, you know, on Yelp or on Twitter or whatever, it pulls all that information into a platform and, and then it gives you a dashboard where you're able to just glance at, you know, daily or whenever, however often a, a company use, uses it. They can just look at this dashboard and see, oh, this is what people are saying about me and not having to go and sort through all these different things. Um, and then, but I think... One downside to that is a lot of business owners, they, they see these, this, these kind of tools and, and management systems and they think, you know what, that must be really expensive. I'm a small company. I can't afford something like that. And it's, um, they're actually r- really affordable. And especially if you look at, you know, overall marketing budget, how, um, how small of a percentage of your marketing budget would go towards a system like this. Um, so I think that was one of the other misconceptions that we came across. But yeah, so these are the different things that, that we were looking at, and um, it was just really interesting to us, and I thought that our findings would be really interested to um, you know, other companies as well. Were there, or did you look at, did any of the studies examine differences in attitude by market segment? Say one of the thing, first things that comes to mind is generational, because, of course, there are different attitudes about sharing information online by generation or perhaps by geography, by uh, gender, by ethnicity. Did, did the studies look at any variations by market segment? Um, there are a few studies that were um, looking more just at, you know, t- um, as far as consumers themselves, like, so what, what would a, what kind of, um, what age range do people usually fall in that actually write the reviews? What our study was kind of looking at, and we're still collecting more data, um, as we're, um, collecting more surveys, we hope that, um, our, a larger sample size will be able to show, um, more strength to this. But in our study, we were looking kind of at, um, the age, um, gender, position, different, um, different demographic questions as far as the managers themselves. And so, um, I mean, one of our, you know, one of the hypotheses that we had was that, you know, younger um, managers, they may be more, um, they may place more, um, more emphasis on these reviews. And since, I mean, this is something more recent occurrence. And so usually um, a lot of the, 
um, younger demographics of managers, they, you know, have grown up with the internet and they, they've, um, maybe are more, um, up to date with some of the technologies. That was one of our hypotheses that younger managers would be more tuned to this. And actually in our research so far, that's what we found. Managers between the ages of, um, 25 and 44, they are the ones that, um, that are really more keen to this idea. Um, and then we were looking at, um, you know, level of marketing budget and, and things like that, number of locations. And so looking at small, small companies versus large companies in, um, you know, in our study, majority of our companies that we looked at were small businesses. Actually, I think, let's see here, about 50% only had one location. And so these are very small businesses. Um, you know, a lot of them didn't have very large marketing budgets. And so, uh, we were kind of looking at those things as well, but I, um, as we start to, um, generate more of a, a larger sample size, I'm hoping that we can delve into more of these aspects as well, but there are prior studies that look at, you know, the consumers and the demographics of consumers and that are making, these reviews or writing these reviews. Ours is more focused on the managers and, and learning more about the managers and how, um, how they can utilize these reviews. So how can the owners and the managers take advantage of the reviews, position the reviews, respond to the reviews? What would you say is the best approach? You were saying earlier that the goal isn't necessarily to have perfect reviews but how do they deal with the reviews? What kinds of responses should they have? Sure. Well, first, I think what's really interesting is it's, um, you know, not just having, you know, a few reviews. You want to have a lot of reviews. Because um, I know that if I'm, and, you know, personally as a consumer, if I go to a website and I see that I'm looking at a bunch of different restaurants in an area, for example, and I see that, you know, there's a company that has no reviews. I think, wow, no one really cares about this restaurant at all. Is no one going to this restaurant? And so I'll just completely ignore that altogether. Um, and then I'll start looking at companies that have, you know, you know, some good reviews. Um, I think what's interesting too is that, um, having a lot of reviews also helps move you up on, um, like a Google search page. So if I was to Google, you know, restaurants in a certain area, you know, it almost acts as a search engine optimization by having a lot of reviews. It places you at higher importance, um, further up on, on the search page. So that's another way that, that reviews can help, not just what the reviews are saying, but making you more visible. Um, so there's, there's that, that, those pieces. And then, um, I think what's most important to, um, companies is that, you know, looking at, looking at these reviews as a problem solving tool. I, marketing is essentially all about problem solving. We, as, you know, as marketers, we try to solve the, the problems of our company by solving the problems of the consumer. So for example, if, you know, if I, my company has really low brand loyalty or really low sales to solve that problem, I look to the consumer and see, you know, what, what are problems that the consumer is having? And if I can solve their problems, they'll be loyal to me. They'll buy from me. And that, so basically that's solving my problem of, of low loyalty. Um, so by looking at this reviews, we can see all the problems that that these consumers are having with our products, or we can actually even look at the reviews of our competitors. If we go on Yelp and look at, you know, our top competitors and things that they're saying about our competitors, we can learn a lot from that as well. Um, so um, I think that's a big piece of it is just using this as, as, um, a research tool and being able to, to use this information to help solve the company's problems. Um, I think what's great about these reviews as well is that, you know, these are happening, you know, as soon as this review is written, we see, we see it. And so we can make immediate, um, take immediate action to overcome these things. And so that's a great thing for business owners is to keep up to date with what's being said and being able to, to fix the problems really quickly. So you don't affect a lot of consumers. Um, 
Again, what I was talking about earlier was really engaging and responding to reviews. I think that's probably one of the best business practices is to really engage, you know, communicate with your with your audience. I think that these crowdsourcing platforms like Yelp and other review sites, I think it's such a great opportunity for companies to really have a conversation with our customers. It used to be, you know, with advertising, traditional advertising, so a company puts out a TV ad or or a um, a print ad in a magazine. That's really one way communication. It's just us telling consumers what we have and expecting some sort of response to that. And I think what consumers really respond to is you know having this this two way conversation, um, being able to really to interact and communicate with a company, it makes them feel more connected. And if you're more connected to a company, you're going to be more loyal. And I think that's what, you know, companies really want is, is loyal customers. Um, so definitely this engaging and responding, um, showing that you care and not ignoring problems. Um, so I guess the biggest takeaway that we found in our research is that, you know, companies really need to start paying attention to their online reviews. It's, um, you know, not just about monitoring the reviews, but it's also about how do we use all this feedback and improve our business. Um, so I think that was really important. Um, you know, again, there's been a lot of prior research that's looked at consumers, their perception of these online reviews and they trust them. They, it helps them make their purchase decisions. And so I think, um, companies need to become, these online reviews need to become more top of mind because reviews are top of mind to your customer. And so I think, you know, um, it's important that we, we understand that and, and, and utilize the reviews. So ignoring them is not a good approach, if I'm hearing you correctly, because it doesn't make the issue go away just because you stick your head in the sand. The issue remains out there if your customers have something to say. Whatever it is, you need to address it. Is that right? Exactly. And it's really funny So that, that you bring that up because I think, you know, sometimes people they say, oh, well, it's just online and you know, I can just ignore it. And, you know, when I when I've talked to different, you know, managers who have said that, it makes me think, you know what, if a customer came up to you in your store and said, you know what, I'm having a real problem with your, um, with this product, you wouldn't just turn your back on them if the customer was physically in your store. And so just because a review is written online and the customer is not physically in front of you, it doesn't make their, their, um, their problem or their complaint non-existent. They still are having that problem. And I think that, um, you know, you're, it's, if you're not responding to these things, um, you know, consumers think you don't care. And also if there is really, you know, problems with, with your business, don't you want to know about them and fix them? I mean, just ignoring that you have poor customer service is, um, you know, not going to help you. We see, you see all the statistics about you know how many small businesses fail per year, and it makes me think. You know, what if these small businesses were to read what kind of, what customers were saying and were able to fix their problems? Maybe we wouldn't have you know this this um, huge you know fail rate for small businesses. I mean, small businesses have a lot to work against, and I think if they were able to to use these reviews to improve their business, I think that we could see a lot more really successful small small companies. What would you say to those who continue to respond adversely to the reviews? Some of the sites, for example, go out of their way to make it difficult for customers to leave feedback, sometimes requiring that they identify who they are, the real identity when submitting feedback, and as I said earlier, others outing the person who's shared feedback. Where do you strike a balance in terms of the feedback? What's the, what's a healthy place? That is a very difficult question, and I think... Um, and part of it is that, especially if you know that um, 
this person is possibly false or you want to know, that might be something that you would contact them directly. I mean, if you go on Yelp or TripAdvisor, you could click on that person's name and it gives you a way to contact them. Um, if you think that this is a problem, contacting them directly and finding out. Um, but, I mean, there is that old saying that, you know, the customer is always right. And so telling the customer that they're wrong on this online platform, it makes the company kind of seem like a bully in a way, if that makes sense. And so if a, cu- if a customer writes something negative and the company responds, you know, on the platform saying, well, you're wrong and this is why, it may turn off customers by saying, oh, that company, they're kind of a bully or they don't seem like they're really listening. Um, I mean, even if you think that, that the customer is wrong, you know, finding a way to communicate in a way to solve the problem and not just telling the customer that they're wrong. Um, yeah, and in a way, you know, the customer, um, you need to to still apologize and try to see how you can make it right. But if you feel that there's the person maybe was in the wrong or needed, you need to explain to the customer about, you know, why certain things happening, that might be something more for a direct private message to them. So you could explain to them, but definitely on the public platform, you want to keep things as positive as possible. Are there any insights that you have garnered in terms of, what might be coming in the future as it relates to online reviews, things that people have said they want more of or less of or having to do with technical innovation. Any insights that you care to share on that front? Um, you know, it's something that's evolving so quickly. I think something that we're starting a lot more more of is um, more um, B2B, more business-to-business review sites. Right now, we're seeing a lot of, you know, these B2C um, you know, things like like Yelp or Angie's List where it's, um, you know, actual um, end users or customers um, talking about companies. And I think that what we're seeing a lot more of is these, you know, other businesses reviewing their suppliers or um, partners. So these B2B review sites, I think, are start, are to start popping up a lot more and becoming more useful because, you know, there are, you know, so many B2B companies and they want to learn about, um, about the different options that they have out there as well. So I think that's something that we're going to see a lot more of. And, um, as far as, you know, more technology innovations, I'm amazed at how quickly things are evolving. But I mean, things that we're seeing right now, the use of, um, you know, apps and check-ins and things like that. I think that's going to continue to evolve. Um, I think that, you know, a lot, since we are very visual by nature, I think the sites um, that utilize more of the images is going to be um, something that's used more often as well. Um, maybe incorporating, um, you know, Instagram and, and those certain things into the reviews. Um, I mean, we do see on some of the review sites, you can post a picture as well. And so, for example, if, if, you know, if someone says in a review that, you know, the, um, the bathrooms were gross or the food, um, you know, was unappetizing and they take a picture of it. I mean, then we, it's not just that they're talking about this negative experience. We actually visually see, you know, what it was. And I think that, um, helps in the storytelling process of telling our story to other consumers. And I think it also gives visual proof of, yeah, this really happened. And so a company definitely can't ignore that once there's this, this proof and visual proof of, of, um, how a company, um, had a problem. So there's a few things, but, um, you know, I'm continually impressed by how things are evolving and changing. Uh, my next, um, research project that I'm working on or a project I'm working on right now is looking more at um, big data analytics and how all of these different pieces are working together, um, online reviews and um, what we post on Facebook and the scanner data when we um, you know, scan our, our grocery um, rewards card at at a supermarket, um, how all these, all this information is being collected and, and analyzed. And so that's my next area of research is how all this fits together and, um, how companies can start utilizing this more efficiently. So that's my, my next area that I feel that, um, 
is something for businesses to really to really watch watch for and um, start finding out how to utilize this and, and utilizing it in an ethical manner. That's something else that our one of our studies is looking at is how to here's all this information being collected. How as a company can we use this while still keeping um, you know integrity and and uh, um, valuing the rights of um, to privacy for our, for our customers and those sorts of things. So, yeah, those are things to look for on the horizon. What, let's say, three to five tips would you share with our listeners, Kristen, if they take just a few thoughts with them from our conversation today? What tips would you share with them about how they can utilize online reviews to better their business or if they're consumers to better their approach as consumers to maximize their experience? Sure. So, um, you know, the first piece is, you know, reviews do matter to your business. No matter what industry you are in, reviews do matter to your business. Um, so that being said, um, companies may be listening to this and saying, you know what, well, how do I get reviews? Um, something that I've noticed that a lot of our, the companies that we talk to that have been successful with this, um, they, they ask their, their happy customers, you know what, as this could be done in a few different ways. I mean, if, um, we've seen some companies that, um, you can say, for example, a retail store that, you know what, as they're checking out, um, you could say, you know what, if you enjoyed, um, your experience, you know what, at the bottom of your receipt, go, you know, go online and, and, um, go to this link and, and give us a review. Um, also, we've even seen companies who, um, knowing that, you know, how busy consumers are and they're on the go and they may stop into the, a few different stores that day and they may forget about their experience by the time they get home. Um, we've seen companies that actually have, you know, iPads on, you know, near the register that they say, you know, if you want to leave a review, if you really enjoyed your experience, here, um, you know, here's an iPad, you know, it's already set up on, you know, a review site. You know, if you want to review us, it's right here. Um, obviously, there's a lot of, you know, legally you can't offer any, oh, we'll give you a discount if you do this, but um, you, it gives them at least an opportunity to do so if they want to, but you leave it very, um, you know, you you leave it up to them, but just giving them, you know, an opportunity to do that. So we've seen some companies, they've found some success with that. Um, also, you know, utilizing um, review companies like Review Inc. or other reputation management companies that they actually um, help you to, to get more reviews. Because I think that's the big takeaway at the end of the day is it's not just having positive reviews, it's getting as many reviews as possible and of le- legitimate reviews, not paying for reviews or doing these, these, um, these unethical things that some companies have done in the past. Um, because, you know, the more reviews you have, the, the, all those positive reviews will outweigh a few negative reviews because you are going to have a few negative reviews and it's taking those negative reviews, reviews to heart and learning from them and, and improving your business, but also knowing that, you know what, just because I have a few negative reviews on my website, my business isn't doomed. I just need to make sure that I, you know, continue to improve my service and get more positive reviews that will outweigh those negative reviews. Um, and then also, as I mentioned earlier, that, you know, if I go, if, if I go on a site as a consumer and I see that this company has no reviews, it makes me think that either that company's out of business or that no one cares enough about this company, positive or negative, even to say anything about it. And so you want to make sure that, you know, your company's up there on the review sites and you want to make sure that you're, um, you know, talking to your, your customers, um, about, you know, giving, leaving reviews. So, um, you know, there's a few different ways, obviously, that I mentioned that you can do this, but, you know, just getting more reviews. Um, and I think, again, like the biggest thing I can say about this is that utilizing this as a tool that um, a market research tool to find out, you know, what customers are saying about you and how you can improve and also utilizing this as a, a customer management tool, a customer relationship management tool and creating those relationships with 
the consumer. I think that at the end of the day is, is one of the most important takeaways from, from utilizing online reviews. In terms of getting reviews, I think for a lot of folks that is a challenging territory. Is it acceptable? Is it ethical to prompt guests with rewards, not just making it easy, as you were saying earlier, by providing the tools in case they want to, but is it acceptable to say, you know, have dinner on us if you tweet or Facebook or provide a review on X website? Where yeah. is that line there? There is some legal aspects, and so this is something that I would highly suggest that if you is something that you want to utilize in your business, that you you know, look it over with your legal team or a legal counsel, um, because some of this area, and I, I'm the first to admit that I am not a legal expert, and but I know that there are some legal issues that you need to make sure that you abide by, and so I would recommend that if this is something that it comes company wants to utilize that they take the steps to cons- to consult their legal counsel about making sure that they do this in a legal and ethical way. And if you work with a lot of the reputation management companies, um, that's part of their their um, system is that they have a legal team that helps make sure that you are um, abiding by all the different rules um, so that you don't do anything unethical. Cause, and I'm not sure exactly what where the, where you can, um, what exactly the legal issues are, but I know there are some things that you need to maintain. So that's my suggestion to companies that are listening is that before you embark on these things and, and offer any sorts of discounts or rewards that you, um, consult legal counsel. Well, I guess the question is, let's say that Legal counsel says it's there's nothing illegal about it. When you were speaking with consumers, when you were analyzing the results of these surveys, part of what made online reviews so credible above everything else was the belief that they were unbiased. Do these same responders believe that the reviews are equally unbiased if there are no benefits other than just giving back to the community, how did they feel about compensation of some kind, freebies or bonuses? I don't know. Did anybody ask this question? You know, it's something interesting to think about. I mean, because that's kind of like you're exactly right. So that's kind of the premise of why these are so trustworthy is because they feel that these consumers Consumers are, you know, getting nothing in return. And so I think that'd be a great area of study that we'll probably have to look at a little bit more. Right now, we've been focused more on the manager side, but I believe in the consumer side, that'd be interesting. Um, what I have seen in this kind of on a similar topic is that there's been some research done um, on bloggers and the ethics behind bloggers accepting um either payment or free things from companies. So, for example, a lot of bloggers, how they make their living is they get, um, you know, sponsorships from companies or they get, you know, a free product. So a fashion blogger may get a free handbag from a company and then ask to write about it on their blog. And I think the reason why, cons- you know, different people were following this blogger was because they thought, you know, this blogger is trustworthy and they have interesting insights. So when a blogger starts getting free things, you know, does that, does that disrupt the integrity of, of the, of the site? And we've seen mixed, um, in the research, it showed mixed, um, responses to this. I mean, a lot of the consumers that were talked to, talked to, they said, you know what, we know that this is how they make their living is by getting products. And we know that going into it and we take so we take the reviews with that grain of salt. Um, and then also there's, you know, um, I guess some legal issues with that as well as like if you have to disclose if something is a gift or not. And so if I'm a blogger and I, I write about, um, you know, how much I love my new handbag from, you know, this company, I have to disclose somewhere in that article that this Get, this was gifted to me by a company. You have to notify them. And so, but, um, yeah, I think it becomes kind of this, this gray area. And so it's something that, um, I think 
should be looked into a lot more about how consumers um, perceive these reviews if if companies start to give some sort of incentive. Yeah, I think that's another area to look into. So much information, so little time, right? <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Kristen, for joining us from Long Beach, California. Thank you for having me. And to our audience, thank you for listening to Kristen Sheely, Ph.D., who discussed how companies can utilize online reviews. Please share your suggestions, questions, and ideas by leaving a comment on the HispanicNPR.com website. If you or someone you know would like to be on the show, you can email me directly at editor at HispanicNPR.com. That's editor at HispanicNPR.com.